granted countertops are notoriously pervy, so. Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Love me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives, talk about comic books, video games, and how the Flash hit theaters less than a month ago, but by the time you hear this episode, it'll likely be on a streaming platform. <laughs> That's fun and true and sad and icky. We've had... The the entire all four hosts of this show, the entirety of this show's career, we've had one conversation about the Flash, and it was, oh hey, should we go see the Flash? And everyone said, everyone else said, no, <laughs> and that was it. I have a strong feeling that I will have less run-throughs on DC's The Flash than I do on Sony's Morbius. I'm not proud Ooh. of that, but I think it's fact. <laughs> I think you're a little proud of that. Oh well, I mean, maybe a little. For what it's worth, I think we've actually talked about The Flash twice, and it was when Matt brought up that there's a baby in a microwave. Actually, that was on that was on Avenge This. He <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that the other me. podcast. Okay, um, good. You know what? Uh, in today's flavor text, we're also going <laughs> Just to be talking about behaviors. <laughs> Hang on, wait. I've got a joke here. Um, we're also going to be talking about behaviors or actions that are potentially self-destructive to yourself and everyone around you. Okay. All right, you, you got the there. Plane. I I would have been okay with the cold the cold transition too though to be honest. <laughs> Just don't even don't even talk about it. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Today we're going to be diving into the wild world of Warhammer Forty Thousand, or as it's known, Warhammer Forty K. Because I don't think anyone's ever called it Warhammer Forty Thousand. If you call it Warhammer Forty Thousand, you're a cop. <laughs> now, before we sacrifice our blood and bones to the gods of blood and bones. I do want to thank oh, hashtag yeah. butt own sister superior of the order of the sacred rose <laughs> Patreon member. O creative one for commissioning today's episode. Now a reminder, if there's a particular game movie or TV series that you've been interested in consuming, but just haven't had the time consider commissioning your own flavor text for a very special spoiler filled spark notes version of whatever you want for the low, low price of $60. I'm going to be honest with you, that might be the most succinct description of flavor text in the four plus years we've been doing this show. I'm impressed. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, a peek behind the curtain would be, I think I started to put a joke in there and then I forgot to put it back in the script. <laughs> and because of that, the opener is a bit more brief. Um, don't worry, we've got more jokes because joining me as we whisper our prayers to, to, into the never ending swirling eternity of the warp is Andrew Chaos God Nurgle, a.k.a. Grandfather Nurgle, a.k.a. Papa Nurgle, who lives in the Garden of Nurgle, Henderson. You know, interesting fact, that was my pledge name. That was your pledge name? And Matt will not make it through this episode without making a corn, corn spelled K-H-O-R-N-E joke, Cole. Yeah, I mean, chances are high. <laughs> you don't know anything about it, but like, you're going you to. You got me there already. 
Now, as we love to do, there is an Imgur link in the show notes to give you a look at all the gritty space drama translated into pounds of hobby store plastic addiction that we all know Warhammer 40k is made out of. Now, we always tend to start these things by kind of going around the horn to say, like, what do you know about this thing we're talking about today? And today is no different. And I'm, I'm genuinely curious to hear what your answers are, because I don't think us three have ever really talked about Warhammer 40k. We were we were just talking before we all hit record, and I think the sentiment, and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna say this three more times, which is like, this is a an IP that I've never really been interested in, but I know about myself that had my life taken a different turn, I would have made this my personality, and and I say that all also noting that Warhammer 40k has consistently been the thing in my life where like when I look at myself and when I was standing with Kyle Harper in a mire at 3 a.m. buying magic cards <laughs> on a Tuesday night and I said, what am I doing with my life? Or when I found myself in three different D&D sessions or three di- th- different juggling three, di- three, three different D&D campaigns saying, well, at least I don't play Warhammer 40K. And that <laughs> that's been my like threshold of like too far too much nerddom um so i'm 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 really happy i'm really interested in breaking that tonight yeah i feel very similar to that i know what warhammer 40k is in the sense of like where it falls in the nerd sphere i know it's the thing that henry cavill is really into i know it's the thing (laughs) that has just a bajillion minis um and that's about it i mean i know it's like a tabletop game and i think it's in a category called war games which may be right or may be wrong but yeah i like andrew think there is a variant of me somewhere in the multiverse who is just as into (laughs) warhammer 40k as i am into overwatch 2 right now like i don't know what the (laughs) nexus point is that gets me to the Warhammer 40k guy, but I think that I could have been it. That said, I think I lived in a protective Appalachian bubble because I don't even know that I heard of Warhammer 40k until I came to college. Um, And I I definitely rolled around with the type of people who like would have played Warhammer back home uh, had it been a thing. So, yeah. Yeah, for me, it's always been this like I've I've never played Warhammer. The the research that I did for this is my introduction to Warhammer. Um, but I, I do realize that for most people, so Warhammer has been around for over 30 years at this point, that if you ever lived close to a hobby shop that in the back had like yeah. a scale battlefield of sorts that was probably Warhammer. It's kind of like the adults um, only section at a video store. Yeah, it is the adults dude. only section in the video store because you weren't allowed to touch anything and there are cameras. And it's you real gotta greasy. Show your, you got to show yeah. your ID and walk through a bead curtain. Right. <laughs> so talking about the research I did for this, I do want to give some shout outs and I'll, I'll link them in the show notes as well. Um, there are four main sources that I pulled information from. Uh, so ageofminiatures.com, wargamer.com, I also read a a Polygon article at one point, but it's all just kind of blended in together. But perhaps the best (laughs) source that I got for a lot of this information is a really, really good podcast uh, called Lorehammer, 
which is shit wonderful. I've got to be so honest with you. I was in the middle of typing Lorehammer into these notes as a joke. And the right. fact that somebody has already nailed that name fills my heart with joy. Yeah. So Lorehammer did a really, really good job for for nerds who have not dipped their toe in this level of nerddom. Uh, the Lorehammer podcast is uh, a group of people that are super into Warhammer and they did some really nice episodes of Baby's First Lore ha- or Warhammer. Like, cool. what is Warhammer? Where do you start? We're going to talk about a thing called the Warp. What is the Warp? Um, and they just re- did it. A- it's been a wonderful companion for the past couple weeks as I go for like long runs and just hear names and things that I've, I've just kind of lodged into my brain. So again, we'll link them in the short show notes. Shout out to, to Lorehammer. Let's talk about... 40k so what is warhammer 40k so matt had kind of hit it um it's a tabletop war game largely so it it is made by a company called games workshop uh warhammer 40k it's a miniature war game that it published its first edition of rules the month after i was born in september 1987 so this has been around for like a minute um and it is how does that stack up to DD? D&D is just a couple years older, right? D&D is a bit older. Okay. Yeah, D&D, D&D I guess ages it was like prior to late this. late 70s. Yeah, yeah 78, okay. I think. Granted, like, D&D has gone through all sorts of different changes. Sure, I'm sure, sure, sure. I'm sure this has, because now in 2023, they dropped the 10th edition. Um, but they're not necessarily changing systems or total play styles. Their rule books list units and how units move and how they interact and that sort of thing so it's more like encyclopedias of how (laughs) how these like units can work together the the face that matt made (laughs) yeah it was it was the same face when he first found out that midnight suns was a card-based battle (laughs) rpg and and I'll, i'll say before we knew we were commissioned to do this episode i watched a youtube video of you know, these these two YouTube personalities that do Warhammer doing a like three bajillion point game because you, you start with your points and you spend <laughs> your points to build up your army. Gotcha. Um, this has probably more crunch to any nerd hobby that I've Oof. ever seen in my entire life. OK, so if that was the kind of thing that you can get into, like this is for you. Um, and if it's not, then, okay, go watch that YouTube video. You'll you'll get the gist of it. <laughs> it it's worth noting that, obviously, with other... So, Andrew had referenced uh, Wizards of the Coast with D&D. Like, other, you know, IPs that have been around for almost four decades, there are board games and video games and novels and soundtracks and everything um, for... All intents and purposes, we're going to largely talk about the miniature war game today. And even then, we're just going to really talk about some of the base level lore because you could dive into a hole that you will never come out of. If you were to talk about (laughs) just one of the like the the factions, if you just talk about, you know, the Imperium, the 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 typical humans, you could just spend hours. So we're going to do some of the highlights, some of the quick hits there. Um, but to set the stage a bit more, when you play Warhammer, the, the miniature war game, you set up a battlefield that wages war using miniatures that add up to an agreed upon like point by. So you've got, okay. I don't know how many hundreds of points and you can 
use that many hundreds of points to build your army and then you just fucking wage war um using like the data sheets and the rule books you position them um Mm -hmm. and and you you do what everyone loves to do you commit space war while using rulers and dice um (laughs) and and i i'm not being facetious when i say rulers and dice so uh if you go to the imgur the first three pictures kind of show you what a game of Warhammer may look like uh, mm-hmm. for those who are getting into it. My the third one is my favorite because it's literally a dude with a tape measure. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, I, I want to share. So we just uh, as of recording, we just released our episode from Origins, which um, we haven't really talked much about Origins, but it's a it's a board game show here in Columbus, and I go my wife and I go every year. And there is a section of Origins every year where it's just a bunch of dudes wearing funny hats hunched around these like massive tables. And and it's hard yeah. if you don't see the picture, but it's like guys that come in with like dollies full of tackle boxes. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that It's it's something. And I always look at it. And I'm like, this is it's like when you have you ever like been to a casino and watch people play craps and you're like, I don't know what's going on, but you look like you're having a hell of a time. That's that 100%. is my impression of watching people play Warhammer. Yeah. One hundred percent. So much like playing craps, the things that I, a thing that I've never done, but I've watched and I almost yeah. think that I know how it works. Yeah, but I you never do really know how this works. <laughs> yeah, um, there are obviously official rules when people play. I'm sure there's like schoolhouse rules as well like the special rules that you and your friends play with where maybe you don't have to choose all units out of one faction but that is a general rule that you do have to do you choose a faction and all of your your troops have to be out of that faction so like you know if there's if there's like a 500 point buy-in for your group maybe it's like oh matt's got two different 500 point teams he's got one that's you know the the orcs and then he's got one that is um I don't know, uh, uh, from the Prince of Pleasure. Like, he, you know, you could have your own teams of so many hundred points that you, like, pull out of your... It's your magic decks. You've got your sure. magic decks. Yeah. Would be the best way to do that. But, yeah, so so when you build your army, it's got to fall under one faction in the official play. So when I say faction, the best way that I can describe that to start would be, like, think of, of StarCraft. So you've got, like, your Terrans, your Zergs, mm-hmm. your Protoss, that kind of thing. Um, is that is that can, the setting like it's it's like space opera like Starcraft kind of so um, so I'm going to get into that. So hold okay. that thought for just one second. Um, and I, I just listed like three made up Starcraft factions. There are tons of factions in Warhammer. I think there's like dozens. Um, I started wow. to watch a clip of a YouTube personality ranking all the different factions and I stopped. Um, I couldn't do it anymore. So we're really only going to get into like <laughs> six to eight of the big named like entities here. So if you want cool. more of this, Lorehammer podcast is a great podcast to go listen to <laughs> if you really want to get into that level of crunch. Um, so let's let's kind of get into it. So Andrew, you had asked the question of like what is the setting here? So the first big reveal of Warhammer 40k is that it takes place some 30,000 years in the future, hence the name 40K. Like yeah, okay. It is, sure. Yeah, so that's that's a fun a fun reveal. Um, you had asked about kind of the setting. It is futuristic. It is it is space, drama, gritty, dark. Um, I think they use the phrase okay. grimdark, that it's not 
space age like star trek yeah it's not space age you know anything like that's clean technology it's all gritty for the most part dystopian sci-fi i think is the word Mm. yeah with a good dash of like body horror and um despair and i'm in uh, yeah these are all my favorite things so far (laughs) you've already sold yeah yeah well to go deeper in here is that um there's not heroes there's no good guys um there's not like cool one through line where it's like you're cheering for so and so or like the humans are good no i think that um a lot of the times humans i think viewed as the through line because like that's your self insert is humanity that's how you can like resonate with the story but again no one is there's not the good faction um everyone is pretty bad for some way shape or this, form this is sounding like do you guys remember when we talked about titanfall and apex legends yes, yes. this is kind of sounding like a similar like the set that the, there's a lot of through lines here yeah i mean it almost starts to equate a little bit to like <clears throat> star trek for me um does that feel super egregious um um not only because todd said this is very much not star trek (laughs) it's well i didn't listen to todd when he said that (laughs) (laughs) it's it's specifically not star trek in the sense that like star trek is very futuristic um in the sense that like they have teleporters and lasers and things like that now that's not to say those things can't exist in the 40k world but they're not like clean and well done like there's no this is the future but it was thought of in the 90s yeah i'd go with it's the grunge future yeah it (laughs) is certainly a grunge future i would say that is a hundred percent um the other thing that's here so like the 40k it's a collection of stories and yeah there's like gods um i would say like both capital g and lowercase g so there are some like major characters but there's also again, there's no there's no hero. You're not following uh, John Halo Man Spartan one one seven like you're not doing that. You, you'll you follow like this hero or this hero and their story. But it also like there's just not one person you're cheering for. Also, I read somewhere that over the th- almost 40 years of them doing this, that every story is canon that like <laughs> it's it's Bold. so vast. It's Bold. so big. Yeah. yeah, it's so vast. It's so big. It's such an infinite universe and story that they don't really try and retcon things. Just everything mm-hmm. is canon. I kind of right. like that approach. I mean, I, I guess you have to take that approach if you're going to have something that is so like open source for a, an, as an IP as this seems to be mm-hmm. that you can't you can't try and like tie everything together because that would that would drive somebody mad. <laughs> like you would, well, yeah. you would see again, the elder truth. I'm going to name like I'm going to name like five beings that are like godlike beings. And then everything else is just like faceless minion, like high ranking faceless minion, but faceless minion. Let's let's start with mankind seems to be the best kind of insert here. So mankind has made its way across the galaxy. They're inhabiting planets, building civilizations, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's industrious. It's expanding. It's doing all that jazz. Um Further, it's it's made most of these civilizations and they've expanded. And they existed largely under the banner of what is called the Imperium of Man, um, a.k.a. it's the Imperium. That's what when you okay. when you start talking about factions, mankind largely is the Imperium. 
so the other thing you're going to find is like there's a lot of dogma here in the sense that everything is a lot of it is very like religiously like zealous that so so when we talk about the imperium of man it's a faction that's run by a very powerful church called the ecclesiarchy yeah i don't like that yeah theocratic fascism that's uh, it's too close to home well, and they, they drive that home because everyone hates everyone, um, which kind of <laughs> like goes goes full circle. So um, do you again, guys remember? So, sorry, Todd. Do you guys remember good. that Futurama episode where they had the like or no, I think it might have been South Park, not Futurama. And it was like the Unitarian Commission and the Unilateral Commission. And they were just trying to decide what to name themselves. Am I hitting any bells for anybody? I, I'm 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 vaguely remembering this, yeah, but vaguely. I'm getting that confused with the South Park where they go to heaven and realize that it's all the Mormons. So <laughs> I'm I don't think I'm there with you. All right. Never mind. All right. That one was just for daddy. Yeah. So Lorehammer did a cool thing um, in there. Like, what is Lorehammer or what is Warhammer? Like, start here if you're a baby. Um, and they read kind of this like this this quote that I think kicks off Warhammer 40,000. So I'm going to read that here. It is the 40, 41st millennium. For more than 100 centuries, the emperor of mankind has sat immobile on the golden throne of Earth. He is the master of mankind by the will of the gods and master of a million worlds by the might of his inexhaustible armies. He is a rotting carcass, writhing invisibly with power from the dark age of technology. He is the carrion lord of the vast imperium of man for whom a thousand souls are sacrificed every day so that he may never truly die. He's a death Yet call. Even, it's well, a death call of a human. So, hold on. <laughs> hold that thought. So, yet even in his deathless state, the emperor continues his eternal vigilance. Mighty battle fleets cross the demon-infested miasma of the warp, the only route between distant stars, their way lit by the Astronomicon, the psychic manifestation of the emperor's will. Vast armies give battle in his name on uncounted worlds. Greatest amongst his soldiers are the Adeptist Astartes, the Space Marines, bioengineered super warriors. Their comrades in arms are Legion, the Imperial Guard and countless planetary defense forces, the ever vigilant Inquisition, the tech priests of the Adeptist Mechanus, to name only a few. But for all their multitudes, they are barely enough to hold off the ever present threat to humanity from aliens, heretics, mutants, and far, far worse. To be a man in such times is to be one amongst untold billions. It is to live in the cruelest and most bloody regime imaginable. These are the tales of those times. Forget the power of technology and science, for so much has been forgotten, never to be relearned. Forget the promise of progress and understanding, for in the grim dark future there is only war. There is no peace amongst the stars, only an eternity of carnage and slaughter, and laughter of thirsting gods. So that's like the setting. Cool. Okay. I like yeah. that that read kind of like the SVU intro. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun. So there's a lot to unpack here. Um, yeah. I can't help but think this is like Elon Musk's wet dream a little bit, where like he sits on his oh. his techno throne and and lives forever at at because of his blood boys. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about. We're going to talk about the emperor right now. So the leader of of the Imperium is the Emperor of Mankind. So as I said in that that kind of primer, he's this dude living on life support on a golden throne 
Um, but he's there because he had to sacrifice himself to fend off his betrayers. Um, going to talk about more of that here in a hot second. Uh, but again, this is like big body horror mechanical space war. So, so we referenced the Space Marines. So if you go to image four, um, this is like the Pikachu of Warhammer. I think the Space <laughs> Marines, like sure, everyone, everyone yeah. knows the Space Marines. It's I'm not going to get into the deep lore of the Space Marines. It's not that far off of like the Spartans from Halo. Like people are experimented on, tortured, crammed into these suits. Um, I was going to ask, are they are they mechs, though? Or are they just like suits of armor? There there's there's man in there. There's okay. there's an amalgamation <laughs> okay. of a human of okay. a human person in there somewhere. Um, now, granted, they might have harvested other organs and body parts from other humans and crammed them into that human to make them work while they're in there. Fun. Um, but they're in there. So I, I referenced um, the, the emperor of mankind. So if you go to image five, this is the emperor of mankind. Um, <laughs> he is. Uh, he is worshipped by all in the Imperium, um, and he guides those beneath him with his bravery and his psychic powers. Now, this is like pre-life support uh, stuck on the Golden Throne Emperor of Mankind. Yeah. And if you remember how I said he sacrificed himself to fend off his betrayers, he now lives on a Golden Throne of life support, uh, and that is image six, I believe. <laughs> um, it is very much so kind of the Fallout New Vegas's Mr. House situation yeah. where he is but a, a corpse of a man strapped to a golden throne, but he gains his power by those who believe in him and he doles out his psychic powers to support them. It's a weird thing. He's space Jesus. That's um, kind of like Tinkerbell. <laughs> he's, he's space Tinkerbell. <laughs> space Tinkerbell is also good. Um, this is probably, again, a great reminder that it is it is future. And, and, and the canon here is that everything that has happened in our world is ha has happened and led to this and this is set in the milky way um so it is mechanical grim dark futuristic but not sci-fi pretty everything is chrome futuristic okay. got it um some i guess important context for the imperium of man since they kind of are the major self-insert here is they give off this like space age futuristic medieval vibe um everything is big clunky armor and like powerful guns that that run with jagged metal um you know big guns big armor but like technology has effectively halted um they've not really like building new technology things and even then the new and small bits of improvements that they get from technology and even the the stuff they have now it's it's supported by what are called tech priests um and they are humans that have like infused their bodies with mechanics. Um, and so that is image seven. This rules. Priest. This rules okay, so this hard. Is very cool. Tech yeah. priest looks super cool. Um, this is so. my favorite magic card. Yeah, man. It's, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it's like Bioshock. I'm getting big Bioshock here. Yeah, it's it, you're not far off. And, and I think what's important here is, again, like they're not getting a lot of new technology. They're in the technology yeah. they do have, so they have ships, uh, they have warp drives, they have all that stuff. But again, everything is under this like veil or or a veneer of like, oh, it is our belief in in the emperor that makes this work. Like the best comparison I can have is they have a spaceship. You know, the spaceship is is capable of warp drive across the universe. 
But to like start the spaceship, they have to light 10 candles, you know, <laughs> like it's the kind of thing where we're like, you know, if you were going to go start your car before you start your car, you sprinkle holy water on it every single day. And cool. <laughs> the holy water may not make the car run, but you were told it does. And so you still do it every single day. You know, okay. you you carve a rune into your gun and that's what makes the gun shoot. Well, no, the gun shoots fine. But like you have been taught that that is yeah. how it works. It, um, it, so I, it's, it's kind of like it's so far into the future that the clock has gone full circle. So it's like it's in the dark ages. Mm -hmm. It is it is very much in the medieval era, but it is the future in space. Yeah, I would agree with that. I put the quote in here um, in my notes, quote, before you start the Star Destroyer cannon, let us pray. Like, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> you know, that that thought here. So so again, the, the theme here is like religious zealotry, uh, grim, dark future. Technology exists, but like is limited. Um, and, and kind of with this emperor as well, who has literal psychic powers, there quite literally are gods um, in in this universe. And a number of them draw power from the actions of mortals, those that that believe in them or don't believe in them, but their actions still fuel them. So like, you know, the, there's a, there's a quote here. I think um, the Imperium of man is a near limitless amount of fleshy bodies being crammed into various levels of tech and machine to fight the forces <laughs> of chaos in the galaxy. It is the closest thing to the quote main story that we'll get is like the March of humanity across the galaxy. But again, there are not good guys here. Um, so it sure. is cool to cheer against humanity because like any of us three could be born on a planet on the edge of the, the solar system and be like, oh, sorry, you're not strong enough to be a space marine. Your job for the next 60 years or until you die is to make bullet casings. You're going to wake up every day and go to a factory and make bullet casings until you die a very miserable death. Cool. All right. So. So a, a good it's way to put living. it is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it is that like humanity is is pure order because they all report upwards. That's just what it is. So the opposite of order being chaos. So let's move on from humanity. I had said that there are legit gods in 40k. So like let's talk question. about yeah, you please with a hand. Are there space bugs? Um, how can there not there, be space bugs? Yeah. Kinda, okay, there's kind of going to be space bugs. Okay. Um, not. Yeah. Hold Close. that thought. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the chaos gods, which are like the the complete opposite of the Imperium of man. Um, before I talk to you about the chaos gods that are born of the universe, we have to talk about a thing called the warp. Creep. Now, sometimes when you look at something in 40K, you're like, well, how does that work? That doesn't make sense. Sometimes it's because you haven't read that book. Sometimes it's because 40K hasn't explained how it works. The warp is kind of probably somewhere in between those two. So faster than light travel is possible in 40K because spacecraft are literally able to tear holes into reality. And then like move through a swirling storm of, of immaterial chaos that is called the warp. And so I've got two pictures of the warp in the Imgur album. That is images eight and nine. 
that's tight as hell. Yeah, image eight being like yeah, ships sick. emerging or going into the warp. And uh, image nine would be what they would potentially see as they go through the warp. Oh, God. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Um, so I told you that I did a good bit of research on Wargamer.com. So here's a quote from them. The warp is not a benign, passive sea to be safely sailed across with nary a care. The warp is reality's roiling, twisted shadow, an infinite repository of all the raw, unbound energies that are generated by the beings of the material world, but cannot exist there in its three or four tawdry little dimensions. The warp is pure chaos, and everything that dwells there, from the lowliest, barely sentient wisp of psychic energy to the four transcendently powerful entities we know as the ruinous powers. So, cool. here's this thing. <laughs> and what the warp is and that chaos within it is that the literal thoughts, dreams, emotions, uh, everything that has been born of an intelligent life form in the galaxy gave birth to this like alternate dimension called the warp. And so... All of those emotions then existed in the warp and are reflected back via the powers that form these four chaos gods I'm going to tell you about. And as I tell you about these wild chaos gods, uh, a note that I read is that should, hypothetically, all these intelligent life forms across the universe just stop displaying these emotions of chaos, then the warp would just cease to exist and all these, these you know ruinous powers would just stop existing should we just you know stop having perverse thoughts that spawn them <laughs> so you're telling me if everybody would just like chill the just f be out fucking cool <laughs> like, yeah. everybody would be cool we'd be good well, well if you but if you spent if you reverse that right like the the engine that fuels this never-ending war machine is the very thing that this war machine relies on to traverse, to conquer as part of the war machine. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite the Ouroboros um, of the yeah. snake eating its tail. Uh, so that's let's pretty talk about fucking these... cool. I'm not going to lie, that's yeah. pretty fucking Dude, cool. Yeah, it, you're going like to get a lot of that. There's going to be a number of things coming up where you're like, oh, that's rad as hell. Yeah. Um, and, and these are probably some of the coolest uh, lore here in Warhammer, the Chaos Gods. So there's four of them. Corn, Nurgle, Cheech, and Slanish. <laughs> and who named those? Well, that's I think, absurd. The eighties, Matt. The eighties okay. named them. No, it was there the nineties, are... man. Yeah, well, okay. So depends on how old this is in the scope of things. Time out. If you go back and look, I think there are reasons for some of their names. I'm not getting into that. What is important to know is these are the four chaos gods, and they're not friends. Um, they exist here in the warp as uh, as roommates in a large apartment. Um, and they they don't they do not like each other. Um, the the ongoing theme of like the Imperium of Man struggling against the powers of chaos are this huge overarching theme, and everything else is exists on alongside of it. But like again, think order versus chaos. It's a huge ordeal here. So let's talk about some of these some of these chaos gods. So let's talk about Corn first, which is spelled K H O R N E. <laughs> Ah, um, so close, man. I know, I know. Corn um, is known as the blood god. And so corn is image 10. There's a mini of corn. Corn um, is also known as the Lord of Skulls, <laughs> the, the Lord of Rage, 
the Lord of Blood, the Taker of Souls. He's got He's a little he's tank a, man. He's a yeah. tank man. <laughs> yeah, so this mini does. And, and so here's an important distinction. So these are quite literally capital G gods. Um, a lot of them don't have minis. Corn does for some reason. This was a, a mini I was able to find of Corn. Um, however, a lot of them just have like avatars, like greater demons that serve in their name. So maybe this is maybe it was labeled wrong and this isn't actually corn, but this was labeled as corn, which is rad as hell because it's like a dude with tank treads and there are skulls everywhere. And also he has a chainsaw that may or may not be made out of teeth. I don't know. It's cool. Now, you may be asking, what's corn's deal? So corn being this like blood god is powered by every act of murder or killing in the universe. So that's like where corn draws his power from. So he is believed to be the most powerful of the chaos gods, which makes total sense because every time someone is killed, corn grows more powerful. Uh, blood quite literally does make the corn grow is what you <laughs> say here. There's so right much. Now. There's so much to love about this. I think what's really drawing my attention right now is so if to to describe this is to look into the eyes of madness, yeah. but it in between the two tank treads, it looks like the front of a train, a front mm -hmm. of a locomotive, which like very much appeared to be just just riddled with skulls, like just yeah, yes. just so many skulls inside of the like the thing. The thing is made of skulls like he's just chock full of them. And he's he's got a minigun on his left arm, but also yeah. a minigun in his abdomen. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell um, you the thing that's really getting me is that the accoutrement upon his head helmet are two little angry men staring at each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's like it's like a it's like one of those visual tests. Like it's either a duck or a rabbit. So it's a Rorschach. <laughs> it's a Rorschach. Um, I did post a picture of Doom Train from Final Fantasy VIII, which yeah, this this man reminds me of Doom Train very much. So yeah, big yeah, Doom corn, Train energy. Corn would ride the Doom Train. So Corn's uh, army is about as traditional demon looking as you can get. Um, though Corn himself is, as we see here, portrayed as a soldier on a throne of bones. Um, a good note here is that like to display how these chaos gods gain their power is that someone worshiping or empowering corn could very easily be like a bloodthirsty killer um, just out to murder. It could also be like a great fighter who seeks out war, who who, you know, slaughters for a good cause. Corn doesn't care how you kill. He just cares. He just wants you to kill. He just wants you to like sick spill blood. Just do do that, and that'll make him more powerful. Corn, and like corn for the corn god, baby. Corn, corn for the corn god. Blood, blood for the corn god. Um, corn is the blood god. The a note here would be that like, in fact, corn would be against you slaughtering to inflict to inflict suffering, because if you were to torture someone for your own joy, you would be giving more power to a different chaos god, Slanish. So like, and corn's not cool with slanish. So if you do something to just like enjoy because you like to kill and you want something to suffer, that's not even for corn. That's a different chaos god at that point. Got it. Murderers, but no sickos. Got it. Yeah, no, no pervs <laughs> in the bill. Oh, the perv god is later. <laughs> yeah. oh, get, oh man, <laughs> you. We'll get to the horny god. So uh, 
I, well, one thing I did for each one of these chaos gods is I tried to give you what I think is the most accurate representation of the god itself, and then an image of one of their higher ranking generals. So image 11 is a bloodthirster of corn. Whoa, so, dude. Again, corns, corns like higher ups are very like traditional demon and devil like. Okay. Um, that's corn. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about old Papa Nurgle now. So Nurgle, <laughs> the plague lord, aka grandfather Nurgle, plague god, lord of pestilence, fly lord, plague father, lord of decay. Um, the best representation of Nurgle I can give you is image twelve. So, Urgle is the Oogie Boogie Man of, he's of Warhammer Forty K. Yeah, he's he's a big, a big pustulous glob of a being. That is a great way to put kind of the avatars of of Nurgle. Nurgle is the god of disease, decay, despair, and death. And so he's the he's the Pope in Final Fantasy Tactics. Who was that for? I mean, it's kind of for me. It's kind of for me. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, like gotcha. when you when you fight the Pope and he turns into he turns into this thing. It's been so long, but that feels okay. right. You're gonna you're gonna appreciate that later. I promise. Okay. okay. Um, so specifically, Nurgle preys upon things that mortals deal with. So mortals, humans, largely deal with disease, decay, despair, death. Um, you know the the citizens of the Imperium know very well that their lives will end one day and. You know, and that they're going to live with disease and and other torments. Um, yet they drive this knowledge deep into the corners of their minds and bury it with dreams of ceaseless activity. Nurgle is the embodiment of that knowledge that mortality and the unconscious response of all sentient beings to the knowledge of their own ending. It is the hidden fear of disease and decay, the gnawing truth of mortality and the power of defiance that it generates. Oh, yeah, that is the Pope. You're right. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I so listeners at home, if, if you are part of our Patreon at the $10 tier, you can get access to our notes where Andrew put a picture of the Pope and it has the word wonderment and it looked like wonder meat. Um, it does look like wonder meat. You're right. Wonder meat. Um, speaking of wonder meat, I put a picture of a bunch of Nurgles. Not a good segue. You're just going with it. Uh, some of Nurgle's just minions, um, including a great unclean one. Um, Nurgle's Nurgle's uh, troops are gross. Um, boils and, and poxes and the whole whole nine yards. In this picture, thirteen Todd, is that Nurgle right there in the middle with the sword, or is that a great unclean one? I believe that is a great unclean one. And from what I've seen, the the best representations of Nurgle I've seen are just bigger and grosser. Cool. Got it. Yeah, there's definitely a theme here. Yeah, I'm into it. And like I said, there's not there's not minis for all of these gods. Like, I don't know why corn is the one that that popped up and that image kept popping up for Nurgle. Um, And and so for some of these, it's like this is kind of an avatar of who they'd be. And this is the theme that their their minis kind of follow. So. Hey, listeners, if you're a big, uh, big Warhammer 40K fan, you just at me with the picture of these gods and I'll just plug them right in here. So let's move on to Chinch, which is spelled T-Z-E-E-N-T-C-H. <laughs> so so Chinch uh, is the changer of ways, also known as the Lord of Change, the Lord of Sorcery, Lord of Entropy, the Great Conspirator, 
the Weaver of Destinies and the Architect of Fate. Um, an avatar of one of the higher ranking minis here with with Chinch would be uh, image 14. Um, that image actually kept popping up every time I tried to find a picture of Chinch. But I, again, I cannot tell you if that's actually Chinch or not. Who's to say? There's no answers. That is a dope little mini. That is an angry lizard bird thing. You are going to. So, Matt, that sentence right there, that is a dope little mini is going to be a thing you're going to say a lot. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, this whole listen, I get I get why people are into Warhammer. I super get it. It's some of the coolest looking shit I've ever seen. And I can't dive into that now because we're going to keep saying it a lot. Let's talk about Chinch. So dude's whole thing is that he is a puppet master. Um, he he has strings all over the universe and he has ha- he has human puppets that he promises power to. And the wild thing is like, dude doesn't have an end game. I mean, his end game might be to be the most powerful thing control like contained in the warp, but his end game now is just like gaining power, having puppets across the galaxy, you know, embodying chaos by like pulling strings. Um, there's a good quote when the inner voice in a person's head speaks, when the desperate whisper their prayers in the night, it is the architect of fate that listens. He perceives every event an intention that like he's just using his mind to see how those things can influence the future and that he would have a hand in it. Um, he also is able to offer gifts of magic and sorcery to, to anyone who will like call out to him and he answers their call. Um, in a good version, a, uh, another higher, like a demon pr- prince of Chinch mini is image uh, 15. Cool. He, he looks cool. He's a little indistinguishable, I gotta say, from uh, the corn army. So how how are they distinctly different? Uh, the a quick answer would be the color scheme. Cool. Um, okay. Got fair. it. Yeah, there there are colors, uh, very bold colors for every army. Cool. Um, and so Chinch is this like soft blue kind of thing. Actually, the the wiki lists what their sacred colors are, um, and I don't have that pulled up, but that light blue. Um. So the sorry, the chaos gods. So in addition to the humans, you're the reason you're going through this. Maybe I didn't follow the four chaos gods are also four different factions is what you're saying. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. Now I'm going to put the caveat out. So I used star. I used um, uh, Starcraft as an example because I'm I would if I say right now that none of these chaos gods play with each other or none of the. Um, you know, the Imperium of Mankind play with the Chaos Gods. There's got to be exceptions out there, just like, you know, uh, Kerrigan becomes a Zerg in in StarCraft. Like, there are certainly going spoilers. to be examples of something, like, that crosses alliances. Did you say got spoilers? <laughs> yeah. He sure did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't even StarCraft 2. I think that was StarCraft 1. So there's definitely, I, I there's got to be things that cross over. But again, th- we cannot get into the layers of minis here. That would be <laughs> absurd. We'd have so, to do a whole Warhammer podcast. Uh, do a whole a <laughs> Warhammer podcast. Hey, I promised you the horny god. So I didn't ask for this. Well, it's what you're going to get. So enter Slanish. Um, Slanish, who is referred to as the Prince of Pleasure, the Dark Prince, the Lord of Excess, the Perfect Prince, Prince of Chaos, or She Who Thirsts. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the horny one. Where is um, its face? 
I can't. I don't see I don't, a face. I see I lips know. right yeah. right there under the horn where the horn points to. Okay, that, that is yeah. a face. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um listeners, they're referring to image 16. Um, this image kept popping up when I was trying to find minis of Slanish. I don't know if this is like a Slanish like demon lord or what, but this is it's horny. It's horny chaos demons. Um Slanish is the god of hedonism, excess, gluttony, or gluttony, megalomania. When I was saying earlier how corn would not want someone to murder because they're like super fucking into murder, that would feed Slanish. Mm-hmm. Like this is that good example. Um, Slanish was actually is the newest of those those four chaos gods, and Slanish was actually born into existence from the race of space elves we're going to talk about here soon because they were being too hedonistic and they, they done did too much hedonistic uh, actions and Oh God, I found another mini. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew oh, has put an man. even hornier devil yeah. mini into our, uh, into our doc here. Um, anyway, uh, slanish feeds on selfish desires, excess emotions, the carnal pleasures and so on. And again, like, the beings that worship Slanish could easily be big old pervs, but could also be someone who's just like really fucking into art and owning really nice things. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, cool. oh man, I love, I need everything to be like the nicest granite countertops I've ever had on my spaceship. And Slanish would be like, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> gra- granite, <laughs> ca- granite countertops are notoriously pervy. So, it's, well, it's, yeah. And technology hasn't advanced, so they're stuck with it. Yeah. Um, And then I threw one more uh, group of Slanish minis as image 17. It's a lot of like uh, serpent like features and like succubus energy is kind of what I would describe this as. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So so kind of like the TLDR here on the chaos gods is that all four of those chaos gods, they feed off of some chaotic energy and they exist in this like warp space. And they're they're not allied with one another and they're all stuck there and they're like palaces and their gardens or whatever. And the biggest thing here is that they are trapped in the warp like they can't get out, but they can use their influence and the power that they gain from their believers and like weird incursions that can happen if too much energy that would feed them happens to then like, you know, create these emergences where their forces can get out. So that would be like probably the canon to why space marines are fighting succubus demons because they happened and that's there okay all right so that was the chaos gods of the warp and i've got some more some more good races to throw at you and at least you guys both saying two or three more times like these minis are fucking rad but we're going to come back to that after this break and knowing everything that you guys have built over there at Geek's Head as well, man, it, it deserves a spotlight to be highlighted for just the incredible work that you guys put in that helps inspire others to feel comfortable in their own skin about being fans of the things that they genuinely care about. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Geek's Head podcast, the only podcast that blends hip-hop culture and geek culture together. I'm your boy Deuces, and this is One on One with Deuces, the place where I speak to creators, curators, and people that you should know. And right now, man, we got the man. We got the one and only Jay Ellis, L. Mitchell, Rachel Trump, Bill Lamar, Van Lathan right now, one and only Deborah Wilson, Shea Jackson Jr., the Rome of Dorn Tainment, the 
big homie, Roy Wood Jr. Drummer boy in the building, LC Gidarbo, and Son of Maya. He came later, the homie London Brown. He robbed Markman, he Paige Kennedy. He's speaking Me? Speaking with my <laughs> Lawrence Gillier Jr., Savon Slater, aka Savon the Dog, Gary Anthony Williams. But I'm speaking with the one and only Kadeem Hardison. How you doing, brother? Chopping it up with you for 45 minutes and hour. That's that's the easy part. Hey, you have a really good voice for this. All right, we're back. So, I told you that a bunch of space elves gave birth to a horny god. Let's talk about those space elves. So. Oh, is that that's the that's a that's a Legend of Zelda boss? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's Girahim. Yeah, Girahim looks a lot like uh, Slannis. Yeah, Stannis. yeah, Stannis. not as Stannis like Baratheon. spiny and yeah, yeah. I think it's like, like, like a kid's uh, version. Yeah, like teen Slannish. Yeah, yeah Girahim needs at least one exposed nipple and more horns, and then it could be a, a demon of Slannish. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I want to talk about the Eldari. So if you go to image 18, uh, the Eldari or the Eldar are space elves. I would describe them as anything other than space elves if they were not <laughs> legitimately space elves. <laughs> and, and like every generic elf from every sci-fi thing you've ever seen, um, they're this like proud old race. They, they're smarter than everyone. They're technologically advanced, yada, yada, yada. Um, however, now in the current age of 40K, they are dying out. And so they're dying out because being the oldest race in the galaxy, um, you know, a number of them living for a very long time, they really got into those big hedonistic behaviors of having too many granite countertops, I imagine, uh, <laughs> to such level and excess that they blew a hole open into the warp. It sucked a shit ton of them in. Oh, no. And then it created Slanish, the horny chaos god. Oh, oh no. boy. Yeah. So like now they're just a fraction of their initial size and they're this race that's dying out. Um, oh, and also their spaceship is the size of a planet and they all cruise around on it. Um, that's fun. Neat. Yeah. And so it did leave some side effects here. So a couple things. So a whole bunch of them were like, well, shit, we can't be hedonistic monsters anymore. We should probably not do all of that so much because we're going to run in fear of of Slanish for the rest of our lives. Um, however, that like big incursion with the warp left them with a shit ton of psychic powers. And so they all have some amount of psychic powers, which uh, those who use their psychic powers are known as psychers, which is pretty cool. Um, and they use these psychic powers to travel like warp around. So this is like um, your closest thing to like Protoss like technology, if you're again thinking Starcraft, but they can also manifest their psychic powers to build physical objects. Um, so they have shit that is built out of hardened psychic power, which I cannot explain. Um, once hmm. again, they are fa fancy psychic space elves. Uh, image 19 gives you a image of what their minis look like. Uh, literally <laughs> fancy psychic space elves. Absolutely. Now, we wouldn't have elves if we didn't have dark elves. And so <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I know. I hate it. So there so when that big incursion happened and they were like, uh oh, we should stop doing hedonistic shit, there's a whole group of them. They're like, but what if we keep doing hedonistic shit? <laughs> they're like, um, we already summoned a pervert god once. Why not do yeah. it again? <laughs> What's what are you gonna do? Summon two pervert gods? You won't. <laughs> and and so these are known as the Dark Eldari. 
Um, Image 20 is, is some of their minis. They're just like edgier. Um, and the big thing about them is that since they didn't give up their like selfish ways, their souls are constantly being fed off of um, by uh, Slanish. And so to keep themselves alive longer, they go and find other beings and torture them to like harvest their soul energy. So they're like psychic space vampire elves. Mm-hmm. Um, so come they, for like, the harvest- come god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew. Gross. I can't undo what's been done. Um, do you know that thing? Sometimes just something just blurts out, and you can't stop it. Yeah, you, you, you just can't, can't stop your those, brain. Can't put those words back in once you said them. <laughs> um. So the big thing with like the dark Eldari is that uh so like i said they're torturing mm. beings and they're harvesting their soul energy their soul goo and they're giving up that soul goo to stay alive hell yeah There's, we're back in fnaf <laughs> <laughs> we're back in fnaf uh, also at, at smash smash bros i think that was a whole thing uh taboo oh, had soul yes goo. yes um, you're right the taboo goo uh i guess apparently canonically not canonically i don't know that it is rumored that there are some dark Eldari that have existed for like 14,000 years and are actually the oldest beings in the universe because they just keep like siphoning soul energy off of people. So, All right. Cool. It's kind of cool. Um, we're going to talk about the coolest thing that exists here, in my opinion, and that is the Necrons. And so these are... Robot skeletons, baby. Hell yeah. Images, image 21 and 22. Um, just like, oh yeah, this is take good. this in for a second. That, uh, the whole, the whole thing here is that, like, remind me if you've heard this one before. They were asleep for a millennia and now they're awake and they want to dominate the whole universe. Sure. That's what they're doing. Cool. Um, they're space there's, bugs. They are space bugs. These aren't the space bugs. (laughs) Oh, I gotcha. I know you want them to be the space bugs. These are... They're the Reapers from Mass Effect. They are 100% the Reapers from Mass Effect. So the way I described it is these are the Reapers from Mass Effect. But like if the Reapers then had a bunch of General Grievouses running around. um, Yeah, okay. Yeah. And also there are some of those like floating squid sentinels from the Matrix. Um, (laughs) These are these are those. So these are like... They're robot skeletons, but instead of their bones, they have metal and they're only here to destroy everything. Um, this is the point in the research where I was like, fuck, these are so cool. These are just yeah. like, yeah, the coolest looking things I've ever seen. If you don't know the answer to this question, that's fine. You can just say so. Mm-hmm. But do we know like how the Necrons were created? Like, how do we get Necrons? No, I don't think we do. Um, and so I'm going to say that pretty boldly and either tell you that one, I didn't find it in my research or two. This is one of those times that the Warhammer lore people were just like, doesn't matter. They were there. They were asleep for a millennia and they're here now. So Some, like something, something ro- robot army, robot uprising, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something, something. We need the Ravnica setting in Dungeons and Dragons so that <laughs> yeah. we can have robots and electric trains. You know, yeah. um, the the TLDR on these guys is that 
they are just like these soulless entities <clears throat> that just want to control and dominate but they're also smart enough that they like make calculated decisions these aren't necessarily like legion i don't think they necessarily okay. are unimind kind of thing um but there's a story where they were cunning enough to like take over a robotic outpost or a robot that basically controlled the stars and they're like no no no, we control the stars now like we will <laughs> we will be doing that from here on out thank you that's ours now we couldn't talk about warhammer without talking about the orcs so we've talked a bit about the orcs before briefly um image 23 is i think a good picture that encompasses what orcs are and are not <laughs> they um, are orc ass orcs oh my orc god ass orcs yeah so i had already said this a couple times warhammer 40k does this thing where like it doesn't always explain how things work and and that's fun like it doesn't need to and they kind of sharpened that to a fine point when they came up with orcs and and so orcs are this like mysterious race that is very very old and has evolved from something else and that the way that they work is that all of the knowledge of their generations is embedded into their DNA and it only comes out when they absolutely need it. What? <laughs> yeah. So Hold if they on. need to, if they need to know something or they need to figure something out, they don't know how to do it until they absolutely Wait, need to know how to do it. They're a race of Chuck. Like they're just all, <laughs> they're just all Chuck. <laughs> A Chuck reference? Is that what that wow. was? It's Chuck reference. Yeah. So let Ch me let me Ch get Chuck for the Chuck God. <laughs> let me let me get more into this here. So um, are you purposely spelling this with a K? Like yeah. is that is that done on like they're to be different? They're doing yeah, that's to be it. different. That's it. Great. Yeah. Um so so the way that orcs work is that they generate they generate this like psychic aura field. Each one of them does. Um that allows them to then accomplish great feats of strength or technology sometimes. Further, the science of it is that that power to solve something, accomplish something, destroy something is directly proportional to how many orcs are nearby when it's happening. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. That's so, so stupid. <laughs> so there's this whole thing of like, a couple orcs, not a big deal. Thousands of orcs, a very, very big issue. Because when orcs are all together, they become this, like, incredibly powerful and dangerous and unstoppable entity. And, hmm. you know, it's, it's important to note that, like, orcs are orcs here. Like, they are driven only by their impulsive need of of food or fighting or going really fast. Like those are the things that they care most about. Um, and, and I mean, they would probably be even more strong if they would stop killing each other, but they're so after that next fight that like, they don't care. Um, in the research, it was showing that, that they are rumored to be the most numerous life form in the galaxy, which is like rivaling humans. Um, humans are just, obviously there's colonies and planets everywhere and they're just pumping out humans that they're harvesting and cramming into space marine suits and orcs are just like, Hey, there's a lot of us. Let's go fight the sun or whatever it is that they do. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> um, one of the things that came out and it, it's a, it's a younger race, I think is the tower empire. And so that is image 24 here. And so 
when I had said that that Warhammer 40k is this grim dark, it's gritty, it's medieval, it's it's just futuristic and and not technological. Um, the Tau Empire is kind of your like clean dressed alien, like blue skinned aliens with like white armor and white guns, and like okay. um, they're these like space age clean looking aliens. Uh, like I had said, there's no good guys in 40k. Like no one is a hero, but at least the Tau Empire are like the least complex morally. So if you're trying to find like an easy an easy answer of like I want to feel like I have morals, um, their whole thing is they wanna they wanna figure out what they wanna establish the greater good, which they believe they are the greater good. Um, yeah. and and they've got technology and space shit. So like they would roll up on your spaceship and they'd be like, join us as part of the greater good. And you'd be like, nah, I don't think I want to. And then they might try and blow you up and then be like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're also not going to like harvest your organs. They're not going to like whisper dark secrets into your brain to drive you mad to make you kill someone. <laughs> yeah, they're the Roman Empire. Like it's the it, you join us and it's cool. Don't join us and die. Yeah, I'd I'd go with that. Um, that that feels pretty accurate for them. Um, again, like least least complex here. Um, you know, everything else is fighting a big war for some reason or some cause, or they're a machine trying to control the sun. Um, they're just trying to build a force <laughs> to be good? Question mark. Okay. Um, the last one I am going to talk about today, though. So you asked about space bugs, Andrew. Here's your yes. Space bugs. Hey, um, they now. Now I say that. So these are the Tyranids. Um, they're less space bugs and more the Zerg from Starcraft. I feel yeah. like I've made a lot of Starcraft references today, but these are the Starcraft reference. It's, Zerg. it's a clear. property no more accessible than Warhammer 40K. Honestly. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's clear how inspired both of these properties were by each other at some point, I'm sure, along the side. Yeah. So, Tyranids are, I mean, they're the Zerg. They're, they're horrifying. They're endless. Um, they're also, the, they came, so they're the one group that, that at least I know of up through the research I did um, of these major arced groups that did not come from our galaxy. Um, these came from beyond our galaxy some for some reason. And again, Warhammer doesn't tell you that they don't tell you why they're just here because like, fuck you by the by the bug pack. Um, <laughs> they, but they they are horrifying and they exist only to feed and conquer and evolve. So they are, like I said, the Zerg. They have a hive mind. They show up, they consume, they evolve, they reproduce um, once they once they consume uh, and they lay more eggs, the new evolution might incorporate things of yours that they ate to become stronger. Um, again, quite literally, the Zerg. Is this a picture of Zerg, Andrew? Is that what you did? So here? I just posted a picture. Yeah. This is somebody made this on Reddit. Uh, you joking tube made posted this on Reddit. Um, it's a uh, Zerg versus Tyranid, uh, Tyranid. Yeah. piece of art and why mm. I posted it was because these two things are so similar I can't tell you which one is which in right. if I didn't Same. if I didn't know the one on our left is a Zerg Hydra I I would not know the answer to that question I'm impressed that's that's proof you did research for this flavor text Todd well, <laughs> you just passed the test it's proof that I played I played Starcraft one and two on my old dial-up computer <laughs> Now, here, here's where I'd leave you on this. So, like, that was 
oh, I don't know, eight factions. Um, there are more. There are more factions. They put out new books. They put out new resources. The other thing is that, like, when you... The, the 3D printing community behind Warhammer is massive. Like, people will customize their minis with, like, you know, oh, I don't like... Because when, when you buy something... Okay, so, like, any of those those elder demons come in like 32 pieces. Like, like you have to paint the pieces, glue the pieces, whatever. So like Got people it. will 3d print other pieces and they'll like create new guns or you'll have an option. Do you want your thing to have a chain or a sword yeah. or whatever? And so like this just scratches the surface. Um, this is to say like that was, you know, like 10 factions. There's well over a dozen more. There are, you know, there are space marines that have fallen to chaos. They're called chaos marines. They're not like part of the initial faction. They're they're fallen over here. Um, this also doesn't scratch the surface of the books, the board games, the way that how miniature combat works, which again, rulers, dice, positioning on a field. There are soundtracks. Henry Cavill's gonna give us a Warhammer 40k project eventually, because like why not? I mean, he's not busy doing The Witcher anymore. And, and, <laughs> Oops. and I, yeah, well, too soon. Um, and again, this is just scratching the surface of the lore. I think what's what's really, really cool about Warhammer that I've gathered is that they've built the playground so big that it is almost encouraging you to tell your own stories. Like when you play D&D and like you have a module or you have a setting you can like self insert stuff like sure you can tell a story in Baldur's Gate. Mm -hmm. You can tell a sort story in the Sword Coast. But like in Warhammer, there's a limitless amount of planets. There's a limitless amount of stories of, you know, a space marine who fell to chaos and now they're part of the chaos army. And what are they doing there? You know, a a uh, a tyrannid that like disconnected from the hive mind and has found a sense of morality. And what does that look like? There's all this like playground space to tell these cool stories. And, you know, I would tell you this. If this is the kind of thing you're into, I would just highly encourage you to to find to do your own research. Look up more of these stories of these factions of, you know, um, the the whole bit of how the emperor was was struck down is like a real like Judas betrayal story. Again, there's a lot of Jesus allegories there, except for this Jesus shoots lightning, um, which I don't think the original Jesus did that. And, and what I would tell you is that, like, if you're into this sort of thing. Do your research, find that friend of yours that did dive into this hobby and like piggyback with them as they like glue their plastic together or wage their next mega war or just like if you've got that friend pull them aside into a dark alley and be like, Hey, I've been thinking about getting into Warhammer and then watch what they do at that point. Because like you may just be stuck. I, uh, I was just curious and Googled best Warhammer 40 K games. Do you want to guess how many were on this list? How many? The answer is 48. Boom. Oh <laughs> And that's just a listicle of the best. I thought there was like a dozen. And like that doesn't. And those are I'm guessing now. Is that like video games or board games? Video games. Because that doesn't count. There are board games for Warhammer. And then like 
not only are there board games for Warhammer, there's like Warhammer Monopoly, Warhammer Risk. It's there's all of that sure, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is cool in the sense that like I love Risk. Risk is one of my favorite board games. <laughs> like I'm one of those freaks. And if I didn't have to, you know, drop a grand and a half on miniatures that I'll never paint, like I think that I could really see myself getting into this. I did find a link that has uh, at least currently the most the the most up to date list I can find of all of the factions, which is 24. Um, yeah. And it's got the link to all the codexes in it. I, I put it down at the bottom here, but it's from creativetwilight.com. And like, I love that the first advice they have under where to start you know, if you're trying to pick your Warhammer faction is how cool does it look? You yeah. should find yeah. what you like the look <laughs> of the best. And that's rad. I love that. Good. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I'm taking away from this is like my YouTube algorithm is going to be fucked for months <laughs> sure. because like now that I've gotten the big taste of this, like I want to see how battles are fought. Like, Next year when origin rolls or origins roll around, I'd kind of like to watch this. Um, like I, yeah. I want to know again, like I read that the official rules are you have to choose a faction. You can't like stray from the faction. My questions now are, is there a league of like back alley Warhammer where they're like free for all factions? Do whatever the fuck you want. And like street and then Warhammer. That, <laughs> street yeah, like, Warhammer. It's it's just some real sloppy barnyard Warhammer. Like I want to see like I want to know if that's a thing. I want to see the cool shit people are that, doing. That would be a kick-ass Fourth of July picnic. Sloppy backyard Warhammer. <laughs> now, it's, Todd, you it's know those old it's those old late night ads for backyard brawls, the backyard yeah. wrestling. Yeah. You guys know that if we approached our IRL friend Mike. Yeah. And all all it would take would be like, hey, Mike, we're into Warhammer now. And it would break him. It would break oh, yeah. him as a person. It, as somebody who is like already really into like minis and 3D printing, like it would destroy him. It would well, end his life. And and this is this is kind of for us. Um, you know, our good friend, Mike, who we played D&D with, had not played D&D until Andrew invited him to play D&D with us once, like six years ago. And now yeah. he is deeper in the D&D pool than I think any of us are. So, yeah. you know, like I said, we've all got that friend. You've probably got that friend. Mm -hmm. Find that friend, take him a six yeah. pack and let him just like get all nerdy with you over Warhammer. Because yeah. I think that's what that's what this makes me want to do is watch from afar and appreciate. And man, these are such cool minis. I'm not convinced I'm not going to get a Necron mini. We we really need I mean, I, people have been saying it, but I feel like now more than ever, the world needs a Henry Cavill Warhammer 40K like real play show a la Critical Role. Mm. Oh, my God. You know oh, what I mean? Dude, I'm so yeah. here for that. It feels like this. That's what the that's what the Internet needs. Yeah. Oh, so here's a question for you, Todd, in your research, because this is something that I'm I'm actually very curious about. Did you find what the like entry price into Warhammer is. Ooh, good question. You know, like the first taste is always free, but how much is it really <laughs> going to cost me to get into Warhammer 40K? And when I say I did me, I mean a hypothetical me. Yeah, definitely you, not you. Me. You in that Nexus universe that is yeah. already in Overwatch. Matt 838. Yeah. <laughs> 
I did find that at one point, um, I'm going to cut this out as I look right now. Matt838, who doesn't tweet daily about Overwatch League. <laughs> Shut up, Andrew. It's in the, we're, we're doing World Cup right now. Overwatch League is on break for three more weeks. Um... Yeah, so so some of the quick numbers that I had seen, and again, like I cannot verify this, but I saw the figure for a thousand point army. Um, maybe a thousand point is like the the base buy in. I've played so few. I've I've really only played one other miniature battle game, um, and that was, was it. Risk. Hero- it was well. I don't count that. That's Risk is not a miniature battle yeah. game. Risk is Risk uh, is baby okay. miniature battle yeah. game. It, it's. I'll give you that. It's Weenie Hut Junior miniature that battle is. game, but I do <laughs> think it is actually a miniature battle game. Um. No, I played. I played Hero Escape with my friends, which is was it Hero Escape? That could have been it. Whatever it was. Yeah, it was fantastic, and it was similar yeah. that you had point buys. Um. But the the one website that I did see is for a thousand point army. Your total cost is like under five hundred dollars. Um, it's like 417 was the exact figure, but I don't know what that includes. Like, sure, does that does, yeah. that can't factor in the sheer amount of time it's taken you. Like, does that count your paint? Does it count your glue? You know, what what does that even mean? Um, yeah. So I'm guessing that, that anyone who has played a serious amount of Warhammer listening to that is probably like screaming at their podcast right now and is like $400 is a lie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I because, again, like even. This next quote for a 1500 point army quote by the standards of eighth edition, a 1500 point army is still on the small side. So like that's that's even bigger and that's $620. So like I'm I'm sure this is a hobby that let's put it this way. You could probably get in at a very basic cost, I'm sure, but I bet it ramps up. I bet it ramps up hard because some of those cool minis that I put in there like the 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 you know the the demon avatars or whatever were like $150 minis. Woo. <sighs> Got it. Yeah, so, I mean yeah. like it's it's like do I get into Warhammer, do I buy a PS5? Right? Like that's kind yeah. of the pay scale, I do, think. Do I get into Warhammer, do I feed my family? Well, well if when you okay. say it like that. Yeah. It makes take all the fun easy. I I really I like <laughs> this a lot. The, this this is a really cool universe, and I and I want to do more investigation on it. I think where I where I pause is I don't like having stuff. Uh, yeah, see, I really don't like like stuff like this, yeah. like owning that much stuff, and yeah, and it, it it's got a it's a stuff hobby now. It's yeah. a stuff hobby now. If if I don't know, I if they make like a really cool. There probably is a cool video game version of this. If they like get into yeah. it, like I, there's there in my mind is an Advance Wars version of this that like yeah. I play would the just shit out of that. Lose my there shit over. Absolutely has to be. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, again, this is there's 48 keep... games. One of them has to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there has got to be a virtual tabletop version of this out there, and like. That is where I think I would thrive is to see this cool shit doing the cool stuff that it does. And I mean, like Matt said, 24 factions. We touched on like eight. Um, there's a whole race of space dwarves. 
didn't talk about them. And cool. like, and I think the thing is too that when you're playing this, like the different factions play differently. Um, I don't want to make too much of an allusion to a magic deck because I'm sure it's not quite that clean cut. But you know, the 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 space elves focus on traveling very quickly. The space dwarves have siege weaponry as their like big thing. So I mean, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, every one of those the the 24 armies that all have their different codexes just label the the units in that army and how they play and how they move and how much damage they take and just like when i said at the top of this podcast how this is crunchy like there's a level of crunch to this that yeah that would make D D 3.5 blush <laughs> yeah and that's that's the like you you have to be the kind of person that is really into arguing about math with other sweaty people we joke that D D is is math barbies this yeah. is math barbies <laughs> yeah, this is math yeah. barbies this is math barbies but you bought the the barbie like malibu or malibu convertible you bought the barbie yeah. malibu beach house like you actually have three barbies and a ken yeah, but, but Ken actually has a machine gun for a chest. <laughs> but Ken, <laughs> but Ken, and you but painted Ken them a, all yourself. Ken <laughs> is a space pervert. <laughs> Ken is a space pervert. So, uh, with that, any final thoughts on Warhammer 40k? And again, mind you, this is scratching the surface of Warhammer 40k. This didn't even tell the stories or half the I'm, the factions. I'm gonna check out this podcast. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna listen to that. Like. Baby's first lore hammer series. That sounds like it's yeah. very much for me. I don't know that I'll go much further than that, but I'm stoked on Henry Cavill's series. I mean, that sounds cool. And like, I've been really into audio dramas for a long time. And I think audio dramas are a cool way to tell really complex stories without, you know, requiring me to watch a show all the time. I would eat up a, an audio drama in the Warhammer universe, but I can't, man. I love having stuff, and I've got too much stuff for another stuff <laughs> hobby. I just can't. I haven't looked it up, and I'm afraid to say it out loud now. I would play a tabletop RPG in the Warhammer universe. Like, like if there is, and I'm sure there, there is, is now that I'm we saying We almost played it, it. We almost played it for my birthday. Uh, what well, one was it, that? It, yeah, it's called... We can cut this out. It's called... um uh rogue trader um and and i didn't and it was the one that i told you about it's like you're you're space pirates and you like run a ship and i when i looked it up i had like i asked mike to dm it and i didn't realize it was in the warhammer 40k so when i downloaded the pdf it was like 400 pages i have the pdf i own it i can send it to you it exists and it looks dope as fuck because you're space pirates and you run a ship oh god And one of the classes and all the things that you went through, I'm like, oh, I get it. Because one of the classes is like a tech priest. There's yeah. a you can be a psychic. One of the psychic things you can be. Um, every ship has a navigator that navigates through the warp, which you ha- you have like a you have to like you jack into the warp because of and that that totally makes sense. It didn't occur to me until 20 minutes ago. But yeah, it's fucking Warhammer. So I we can play it whenever you want, Todd. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave all that in there uncut, so that, so that our so that our listeners can hear how excited you are, and can maybe hear the dread washing over me that 
mm-hmm. I will find more room in my body for another TTRPG. Yeah. With that, <laughs> and Andrew's new knowledge that I, there's another TTRPG that I'm going to play, thank you so much for listening to Debate This. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast, or on our website, debatethiscast.com. And if you want to commission your own flavor text, head on over to patreon.com slash debatethiscast. A one-time payment of $60 will allow you, yes you, to get us, yes us, to do a deep dive into a beloved topic. So don't miss your opportunity to make us get weirdly specific over something specific and weird. Until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Andrew, Garfield's least favorite chaos god, Nurgle Henderson. And I'm Matt. Todd asked for a corn joke, but I'll leave you with Cheech and Chong, Cole. (laughs) We're both really good. Uh, And we're saying thanks for debating with us. If you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.